0: Hello, folks. This is Princess. You are listening to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share with your friends. It's tough. We're in a very tough spot. I think that what we're doing right now is a great benefit and virtue because it's an end around between this whole corrupt informational system, media system.
1: We claim to believe in a God who spoke the universe into existence and literally raised himself from the dead. And yet, we're not going to believe that anything else exists in the spirit realm, even though his word tells us that they do.
0: Their bodies weren't permitted to go to sleep, like humans do, and
1: they weren't permitted to go to heaven. So they wander the earth. You know, I've seen the eyes turn black to unknown tongues being spoken. These giants were way up in the highlands. The young braves, the young men, would hide up in the trees and wait for one of these twelve footers to come walking down the path, and they would jump on him and kill him, drag him back to the village, and the village would feast on the body. Freedom!
0: Then people start to get weapons. They start to get armor. They start to build cities. They start to fortify their cities. Now, God looks down, and there's violence everywhere.
1: The battle, this war that we are at, is not against each other. It's against these principalities and these rulers and these archons in the high places.
0: It's really worthwhile to read the Bible yourself. Fear is one of the primary drivers of mind control, because we have to take every thought captive and resist fear.
1: You're going to have a testimony. That is a justice case against the kingdom of darkness. Welcome back to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. I'm your host, Rod. Thanks for being here with me for another awesome interview. And I have Paul Zavada here. He comes to us from the Chicago area. Paul is a listener of the podcast, and he reached out to me, and he was like, man, I really want to come on the show, and I got some cool information to share with you. And I was like, absolutely, let's get you scheduled to come on. So it was a pleasure to connect with Paul and just be able to build a friendship now. I mean, we texted a little bit and he's kind of sent me some cool information. And I think that's really an awesome, one of the coolest parts about doing this podcast is getting connected with people all around the country and all around the world. And we're we're not so different, you guys. I mean, if we're serving God, we have questions, we're working out this process of faith and learning and, and wrestling the flesh down and learning the humility and treating each other well, hey man, here I am. I just encourage more of the listeners to reach out to me. But this episode with Paul, super cool. We jump into Ron Wyatt's research. Paul was going through and looking at the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, Ron Wyatt claims that he uh, believes that the blood from the crucifixion and the water that came out of the Messiah washed down into the breaking of the rocks and landed onto the Ark of the Covenant, which was stored under the crucifixion site, the place of the skull. And it's just a fascinating episode. I don't know too much about the topic. I just kind of let him go into a couple pages of research and things that he had gathered up. It's quite provocative. And, and it morphs into just a really cool conversation where we get to kind of encourage each other and just have a cool conversation. So, so I need you guys to partner with me. We have plans. I'm gonna be doing some traveling. I'm speaking for the first time publicly in Ohio at a boxing match at a church with Pastor Rocky DeFrank in September, right around the corner. So I really need you guys to partner with me if you would like to donate some money to help me with the travel expense. I would much appreciate that. That would make all the difference. God is opening doors and I'm looking to walk through them. I want to be faithful. I want to make sure I'm praying about everything. And most importantly, I'm being led to where the spirit is taking me because that that's the most important thing. I mean, the information is cool. The podcast is cool. All the connections that God has allowed me to make through this ministry is amazing. But until the rubber hits the road, (laughs) I'm not really making that much of a difference. Well, I hope I am with these podcast episodes. I need you guys to leave me that five-star rating and written review on Apple Podcasts. If you're on Spotify, leave me five stars. I need you guys to share this with friends and family. Move this thing out around the world. Really, it's been helpful for me. I'm hoping it's helpful for you. If you're here listening to this, I'm guessing... This podcast, you've been taking this journey with me. We're diving into different topics, getting edified, taking our relationship more serious. At the end of the day, I want you guys to read your Bible for yourself. And I'm hoping that sparks you to a very personal relationship with the one name given under heaven, which we may be saved by, the name of Jesus Christ. He is the reason, guys. That's pretty much all I got. I am excited for you guys to hear this episode with Paul. And I'm ready to jump right into it. Are you guys ready? Let's go! Let's go! listening to the Millennial Mustard Tea. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I have an awesome episode in store for you guys. I have Paul Zavada. Am I saying your last name right, Paul?
0: Yeah, it's always been Zavada, 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 heard it all.
1: <laughs> Zavada, I'll go with the first time. Well yeah, that's it right. Awesome, man. And listen, it's a pleasure to have you here on the podcast with me. You know, I did an episode recently and you commented on the Spotify app and you were like, dude, I listen to your show. I I want to connect with you. I think you sent your email and then on another message, I think you sent your cell phone number.
0: Yeah, um, I didn't know. I was like, man, I, I sent the cell phone first, but I was like, maybe that's too aggressive. You know, And so I had to find another uh, I had to comment on another episode and go <laughs> like, hey, this is a little bit better. I'll just send the uh, email just in
1: case. Yeah, I had been in the car for a couple hours. I was traveling and I'm like, I stop at a rest stop and I'm stretching and I'm like, oh, let's jump on. And because I got a notification and I'm like, oh, let's see what's going on here. And I seen the message with your phone number and I'm just like, let's give them a call. <laughs> so I jumped back yeah. in the car, I started driving and called you, man. And I just thought it was really cool to connect with you. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you're from the Chicago area. Just give us like a quick you know, 30,000 foot view about yourself and how did you find the podcast? I'm kind of curious. Yeah, no, sounds good. Um, I live in the Schaumburg area in, in Chicago. Um, I found the podcast.
0: I started in a new job in the summer of 21. Um, I work at a warehouse, so I got the opportunity to listen to, you know, have an earbud in my ear whenever I'm working. So I was like, alright, great. So at first I was listening to music and stuff and uh, I was kind of bored with it and I was going through this phase where I was trying to get back in touch with my faith. I've been struggling with that for about 15 years now. Like, um, I've been saved since I was 10. I was baptized in 2008. Something just happened, like in around 2009, 2010, where I almost knew that I was going to go through a dark time, or maybe because of choices I made or something. It's just there was something wrong, in the, um, and and uh, I've never like lost faith or anything like that. I just went through some hard times, and I was I was living in the world, but I I was basically understood, you know, once saved always saved. So I was never really. Worried about salvation, but I just never got where I was in 2008 where I had the Holy Spirit in me and just like I got up every day. And you know, the first thing I, I and I want to tell this to everybody, the first thing that I understood when I was going to this church, and I'm, I'm talking about, I didn't even know what John 3:16 was. I didn't know it was book of John, chapter 3, verse 16. The first thing that I understood whenever I, I, I was baptized and just as soon as I came out that water, I felt peace and calm and it was just in there. Something told me that, you know, God doesn't want 10% of your money. He wants 10% of your time. It's two and a half hours a day, so I was like, "All right." And I picked up this NIV Bible. It was up till two o'clock in the morning one time because uh, my pastor told me the story about Jesus washing Judas's feet, and I was like, "What? No way, man!" He told him the night before that he was gonna that he was gonna betray him. Couldn't believe it. And he was like, "Yeah, it's in the Book of Matthew." Sit up till two o'clock in the morning and read the whole Book of Matthew, and it wasn't there. I saw him at church the next day, and I was like, "Hey, man, it's not in the Book of Matthew." And he felt really bad. He's like, "Oh, it's in Mark. You know, I'm sorry." And I was like, "It's okay." I it was up till two o'clock in the morning. I read the whole book of Matthew, you know, I was like just on fire and stuff like that. And then, so I made that like a habit and actually when I, when I contacted you, I was up at two o'clock in the morning and I was reading the word and praying and I was trying to lay back down and go to sleep. And something told me, I was like, reach out to Rod, man, and, you know, like, and, and send you the message I did. That's why I was really crazy. Cause you know, I didn't think in like, I was especially shocked when you called me like four or five hours later and I'm at work. I was like, yes, man. So anyways, um. Yeah, so I've just been down this road, and when I got this job, I, I was able to start, I was listening to podcasts. podcast, I, I came across Justin Fall's uh, Fourth Fourth Watch, and I was listening to all those, and then I started getting more like, uh, since I was listening to that so much, I started getting, uh, it's called like matching up with other podcasts that were kind of like that, and then through time, I actually found yours, I think I searched, because uh, I, I started listening to Dan Duval through uh, Justin Fall, I was like, whoa, this guy is like really deep, he was doing a... I think uh, his show was on uh, spirit waters and I was like, Oh, it's crazy. So I started listening to his. And then um, I heard the Dr. Laura singer, one of her shows. And so when I searched her, cause I wanted to hear some more about it, I came across your show. But you had her on. And then from there on, I was like, Oh, great. I found another podcast and I jumped right up on it. So I listening for about a, I would say about eight months to a year now. I've been like following every week, whatever you post. You know, catching it up, catching up with Ed and following with you and Enoch and all your symposiums and stuff like that, along with all the other ones too. So that's why I have all this uh charismatic Christian stuff, the fringe things in my head. <laughs> I want to talk to them. things You want to talk to your pastors about, but they don't want to talk to you about.
1: It. Really, you know, we're finding out more people are out there and that they have these questions, and and this is really making a difference, in my opinion. And Paul, I just want to tell you, man, it was you know, it takes some courage to reach out and just be like, hey. I want to come on your show and talk with you about something because like, <laughs> that's, that's kind of a big step for most people, not everybody, but for most people, I know it can be, um, you know, just kind of challenging in the sense where it's like, man, this is going to get broadcast all around the world. God be with me. Right. <laughs> He's like, I'm yeah, on no, I feel that same way. Like, like, plenty of shows.
0: Absolutely. And like one thing I, I I'm really big on is like, I'm almost afraid to do Bible studies on some of the fringe topics or just the things that aren't talked about because hmm. I never want to deceive anybody, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to be like, hey, this is this is what it really says, and, and you know, I, I might not know, because I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm open-minded, open-hearted, and if I, you know, I come across something and I realize that I was wrong, then I go back just like the one saved, always saved thing. I'm kind of, I'm pretty sure that that's not the situation after all the the, the scriptures. I mean, I can find, you know, where Jesus talks about lukewarmness and, and, you know, those that love him in his heart and not with their lips that praise him, you know, those are the ones that are truly his, and you know, so you, it's just, I, I'm really big on not trying to deceive other people So I was almost like, man, I actually told the guy I work with that I was going to do this with you. And he was like, all excited, want to hear about it. And I was like, man, maybe I shouldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to talk about these because I don't want to influence anybody. But I was I was encouraged, you know, be influenced by the word. Let, let God and the spirit influence you. You know what I mean? No matter what anybody shows you, whether it's pastor or your favorite podcast guy, I mean, you look in the
1: word and God will, God will direct you to the truth. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And that's what's interesting about finding who's who, because in the word, it says that there's this diversity of gifts, right? We're one body, one spirit. We have one mind if we're in the kingdom of Christ, in the body of Christ. But there's a diversity of gifts. You know, some people are called the shepherd, and some people are called the pastor. Some have the gift of servitude, some have the gift of prophecy. It's just really cool because for me, I was being led by the spirit in so many ways. And I am so far from a good example of what it is to be a Christian. Like I, all I know is I wrestle my flesh daily. I believe in the resurrection. I believe he has risen and conquered death and everything else is a measuring up against what the Bible says. <laughs> it's like that Berean mentality where it's like, I hear a lot of stuff, Paul, you wouldn't believe just even on a daily basis, the messages and information I get from people. And I'm, it's sometimes I got to shut that off and just be like, I'm only in the scriptures. God, I'm taking a walk with you. I need some quiet time with you. So I understand. And not wanting to deceive anybody, that is like, that's so important because there's things that I talked about maybe 10 years ago, even before I was podcasting, where I was like, I was so wrong about that. I was so wrong, you know? As long as we're not like standing up, trying to shove information down people's throats and saying, You have to agree with what I'm saying. There, he has grace for us. Like he's a good father. He also talks against that. You know what I mean?
0: To to be loving and and, and not to condemn people. We're not to condemn our brethren, Christian. You know, First John chapter two. You know, it's all about loving your brethren and walking in the spirit. And those that hate the brethren walk in darkness, and the truth doesn't come from them. So,
1: I know when we're talking about the fringe stuff, this is where it gets a little sticky. And this is why I like to interview people on the show. I mean, I have thoughts. I take, I have a postulation on different topics and stuff like that. But a lot of the times I don't want to get on and just preach to people and, and speculate. Now, I, I do like to say, hey, these are my thoughts. This is my conjecture on this topic. But the word, man, I mean, I had Gary Wayne on a few different times over the years, and we did an episode called Cynocephaly, Werewolves, Lichens, and Dog Man. Yeah. Dude, I've heard, I listened to that one. Yeah, and if you go through that like it, what Gary is showing us from his advanced study in the Bible like listen this is the word study this is you know this is where it lines up it literally says this stuff you really start to scratch your head and go well why is that not relevant in the body right like like why is that the the minority and and then we have all this anecdotal evidence of people having experiences with cryptids sleep paralysis these dark demonic things whatever right But it's almost like, hush, be a good little boy. You can't talk about that in the church. But that's not true.
0: There's that religious power.
1: Yeah, it's a religious spirit. And we have power in our testimony. So this is why we're seeing the the reward that's happening now. As we're seeing people becoming bolder, they're stepping out and asking questions first. And then they're reading their Bible. And we're like, well, that's really the goal here. (laughs) Let's get you guys to read the Bible again. So. There, there was some stuff that you had, um, and we can go wherever we want with this, Paul. This is the beauty of podcasting. We don't have to stick to any one topic in particular, but there was some stuff that you had mentioned. Listen, I want to talk about this on the show. Let's take like a 10 minute window here and just share some of these topics that you've been looking into. And just if you have references, resources, whatever, or if you just want to run off the top of your memory, doesn't matter to me, but hit me with some of this cool information we kind of chatted about.
0: Yes, sir. Okay, let's start off. Like when I first messaged you about that too, and I was like, "There's no way that we can like you know that's just a small topic, and we probably talk about it for ten minutes, but we know we can do a whole show on it." I did research, man, and I've got pages and pages and notes. I've got enough scripture that we could fill the whole show with just scripture alone about it. We're talking about the blood of Jesus Christ, and is it possibly on the Ark of the Covenant? Uh, see, I want to start off with a couple of scriptures, Rob, because you you're really good. That's one thing I I I like about your podcast is that. Your foundation is scripture. You know what I mean. We're not just talking about he said, she said things. There's something to put based on. So the the idea is that when Jesus was crucified, when the earthquake came and the rocks were rent, that the blood of Jesus mixed with the water went through the cracks. And there has been a finding in 1982 by a man named Ron Wyatt that his blood is on the west side of the Mercy Sea. Uh, Luke 24:39. What I really want to start at this is what really got got me thinking. It's like he says, "Behold, my hands and my feet—that is myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have." And the thing was that he didn't say flesh and blood. I mean, there's you know, Ephesians chapter you know six twelve says, "For we do not struggle against flesh and blood." So like, there's just something about that when he said flesh and bones. So I was like, you know, did Jesus ascend with just his flesh and blood and he or his bones and he left his blood behind? You know, like started making my mind curious. In Isaiah twelve, uh, 26, 19, it happened when the dead resurrected with him, part of his of his first fruits. It wasn't until the blood fell on the mercy seat that the father accepted his sacrifice. For so our first sentence was the scripture part, the second one was just the thought that came on that came to me because the dead were resurrected, they were walking around, they went, walked into the city, and people then that's believed that he was the leader of that that for those first fruits. You know, that he was the one that the first resurrected, but others were resurrected walking around the city. Now I'm going back to Ron Wyatt. Ron Wyatt was a, a archaeologist kind. Of, he, was, he he. Him and his sons traveled to sites in Israel. Um, he discovered part of, part of the Ark of the Covenant, allegedly. Um, it, it's in Mount Ararat, which lines up with the Bible. There's uh, many pictures of it, videos. You see uh, that he, he's going through like the layers and everything. He's even brought pieces of that. He's found um, that there's the chariots, pharaoh's chariots under the Red Sea where it was parted. And that's actually how he came along with the Ark. He wasn't looking for the Ark of the Covenant. He was actually in Israel, and he was looking to get some more of those uh, chariots pieces. And him and his two sons, they, they got sick. Uh, they were getting like 103 fever. So his two sons end up like uh, they're walking down, and he was sunburned, so he couldn't even get in his wetsuit. So they had to like take a break. And as he's walking down, there's this hole. It's got trash in it and everything, and his hand just comes out, points to it. And he just says, he said it, but it wasn't of his thoughts. He was like, there's where the Ark of the Covenant is, in Jeremiah's Grotto, and they all just stood there like amazed. The we wind got a permit and started digging, and it took years. Actually, he started like getting more and more in. His sons had to fly back because they were sick. It took him like three or four years to where he finally got to where he discovered the Ark, and he had a, a young Arab in his twenties that was real small and thin that could fit through holes. And when he first walked up to the hole. There was a stalactite. He broke it off. He saw the hole, and he kind of looked in, and it was just a bunch of rocks. But he just something told him about, like, sticking with it, you know, like getting, getting in there. So he got his friend to get in there. He climbed in, and immediately he jumped out. He started freaking out. He's like, what's in there? What's in there? He exits the caves. He refused to ever go back. So Ron was, you know, excited about this. He breaks out, starts uh, making the hole bigger so he can get in. And as he goes in, it's it's full all the way to, to the top, and there's there's rocks on top of wood. It's been rotted, and on on the bot underneath that was a bunch of animal fur that had been so rotted that when he touched it, it turned to dust. One of the first things that he discovered whenever he moved the uh, animal skins over was uh, the table of showbread. I think it had like pomegranate incendias and stuff on it, and he couldn't do it all at once, so he'd leave and come back, leave and come back. And one time that he actually found that there was about eighteen inch gap from the ceiling, right? And uh, as he's going through there, he sees a crack on the top of the ceiling, and there's Some kind of sediment on it, some dark sediment. And on the bottom part of the of this was like a slab. It was like a slab stone that was covering like a sarcophagus. Like there was something in it, but the stone was cracked into two. So the blood had come down from the top, where he believed that the the, uh, crosshole was of Christ's crucifixion. And when he realized that that's dry blood coming up for where Jesus was crucified, he passed out. He was out for 45 minutes. Um, He woke up. And he couldn't. Of course, there was no space for him to like get in there and see. So he just kept digging, trying to open up the stuff that he did. But he did realize that that he believed that the ark was in there, and that he was, if he, he had discovered, you know, the blood that was on it was on top of the the cave and then on top of the uh, lid. He did have a, um, a those little, those little film containers from the eighties. <laughs> you know, we used to have film put filming uh, in cameras. He did yeah, pop yeah. the lid off of that and he scraped up some of this blood on there, and he brought it with him. And it's crazy because I've always looked for footage. I mean, I've seen the story a couple times the past couple of years, and I, but it wasn't until like, you know, today when I was doing a lot of research that I found I actually saw the video because there's a lot of his pictures and videos are, are not available, of course, because they've been suppressed. If you understand some things about Israel, like they don't they don't talk about like Isaiah fifty three is a forbidden passage. You know what I mean? There's there's people, there's there's gatekeepers in there that that keep certain information. Uh, he had a scientist come to his house because he still had some of this blood. And I saw the actual video of him putting this under a microscope and and the blood is living. It's moving. It was pretty amazing. I don't know if you want to chime in. I can keep going. I, I didn't want to like cut you off. Let's, you, you know what I'm saying? Let's chime in if you want, because I can sit here and tell the whole story for 45 minutes to get into the details of it. You know,
1: it's just fascinating. I'm literally just sitting back and listening. I don't know too much about this at all. So I'm just kind of taking the journey, man. I would All right, cool. I can uh, I can go into like, just keep going.
0: Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So what happened was so here's the crazy part. This is where it gets supernatural. He goes back again, and as he comes in, the whole place is just clean and set up. The, the like everything is uncovered. He says that that the menorah was there, the uh, table of showbread. Um, there was a there was a golden censer, a large sword. It had been under there since for 600 years. Like apparently, he, he believes that Jeremiah. And some of the priests, they had to hide it when the Babylonians were coming. And they had to put it in that sarcophagus because they didn't want anybody to see that they were taking the temple out. Because if they would have saw, there would have been uproar. Or if the Babylonians would have saw it, they would have tried to you know, take it. This time that he went in, everything was set up nice. And there was four angels standing both sides of the of the ark. He had like immediately froze. He said that he was so frozen, he didn't even breathe. He was just like in a, in a stasis. and. He was just shocked by what he was seeing, and the angels told him to set up a, pi- a tripod and his camera because they that they wanted to show him this. So the four angels they lifted up 900 pound solid gold lid. They lifted it up, told Ron to as he's recording, he's pulling out the stone tablets that the that the uh, Ten Commandments were written on, right? So he pulls them out. He described it like this: like if you took like a melted you know stick of butter and you melted it on a bo- like the bottom of a stainless steel pan, and you took your finger and you started to ride in that pan. That's what it looked like, but it was red granite that somebody wrote with their finger and just burned in the Ten Commandments. And that was on the January 6th, 19, or 1982, right? Is Ron White still
1: alive, first of all?
0: No, he passed away in 1999. And then I'll get to this a little bit because he kind of had some kind of like – I do want to show two sides of the story because there, there are people that are claiming that he didn't find this stuff because they can't find records of him – the the permits that he needed from the the garden—it's the Garden Tomb area—but the Israelis that had control over it. <laughs> so much stuff to talk about. Let me finish how how the angels what they told him to do. They they they—he pulled out the commandments. He put it on a on a ledge, like a stone ledge, like a shelf, and right to that to the right when you walk in, and um, they they told him that this is going to stay there until a time when man's laws were going to come out. And this thing, one of the things that he believed it was going to be months, I saw him do a, a interview session in 1998. He was claiming that new man laws were going to come out and that was going to be coincide with the mark of the beast. And that, I mean, I, and I know that that didn't ha- come to happen, but that doesn't discredit the fact that he probably found this. You know what I mean? Just, he wasn't given a timeline of what it was, was. I think that was just his own intentions. I, I feel like he maybe thought that he could see these things before he passed. Fortunately, he didn't. But um, Cross Hole was 23 inches from the bedrock. The crack was much deeper, about twenty-four, twenty-four feet. That he measured it, and he actually took pictures and videos of it. And actually, saw some of the videos that I haven't. S- I saw some things I've never seen before, but I've heard about. Today, I found a really good uh, documentary that had some of that stuff. Um, let's see, so after he'd done that, they they uh, recorded it, and he pulled the tape out, and he actually put the tape next to the ledge, and that he says that that it was that it was to remain there. So, the Ten Commandments are on this ledge with the video tape, not inside of the the Ark of the Covenant. He did say that he did find some, um, the book of the law, you know, written by Moses, he, that he thinks, but he didn't see the book of Genesis. And so after doing all this, you know, he had he, he was told also to, to take some of the blood off of the ark, which kind of blows me away. I'm wondering if he, I just can't imagine him like scraping off blood off the the ark of the covenant, the mercy seat. Um, but he did because I know that he did it off of the ceiling when he first got in there. But apparently he took that to. A lab in Israel of Antip- antipodes to reconstitute. Um, for so he, he went in there and he had this dried blood and he asked them to add saline to it, uh, keep it at body temperature, and to swirl it for seventy-two hours. And they they were kind of like looking at him, was like, you know, this is dried blood. There's there's it's not gonna happen. There's no you know white blood cells. And he just said like, please trust me. Do this for me. And whenever you get the results, let me know. Comes back three days later. They're gonna give him the results in this lab. And as they're, they're, they look at the results, they, these Israeli scientists, they start to just start talking to each other really fast. And people go into that talking and then they call on their boss and everything. And he's watching them and they're kind of panicked and they looked at him and they're like, you know, where did this blood come from? And he's he's choking up and he's like, you know, that's the blood of your Messiah. And they start to actually freak out and rip their like they're they're having a, a fit and they're actually like ripping their hair out of his head. He kind of got scared for a little bit because he thought that they were going to lash out on him. Um, when they looked at the blood it had 24 chromosomes now every other human being me you everybody else we have 46 chromosomes you get 23 from our mother 23 from our father 22 autosomes you know, from your mother and and a y chromosome and then you get 22 from the father and either an X and a y chromosome so all of his attributes his hair color his you know his skin color his eyes all that came from his mother. the only thing he got from his father was the y chromosome. And that's how he proved that that was the blood of Jesus on, that he that he had obtained gave him
1: interesting, huh so it's it's fascinating now, it does make me wonder, like you know when Christ is crucified, there's a Roman soldier who pierces the side his side, and water and blood comes out, so it's just interesting to think. You know, did it really go down at the place of the skull, at the foot of the cross, and seep into the earth, and it, <laughs> it hit the ark of the covenant? I, I mean, I like I said, Paul, I don't know much about this, so I'm kind of just listening to what you're saying. And after this episode, I'll definitely be doing doing some more research and just kind of like looking around a little bit. But it's fascinating story. So yeah, just keep just keep going. Yeah, no, it's actually I was looking at a lot of uh, scripture too that kind of
0: backs this up to and uh like what you're saying about the centurion like uh, when he pierced jesus side now the, the thing was that the, the talks about the rocks sprint, the rocks cracked on the left side of the cross and jesus was pierced on his left side between um between his rib cage that punctured his spleen and possibly two major aortas that pushed all that down which uh which ron calls serum water went down to the crack and onto the mercy and now because he said that there's no water or dirt or anything else like like, the blood came through, but there was no more debris, because it's been there for, you know, 2,000 years. So, he he feels that whenever Christ was crucified, there was another earthquake, and that sealed the crack after the blood had already been down there. Interesting. Yeah, and let's see. also, too, the reaction that he got whenever he, you know, came back, like, by the Israelis, this is kind of what leads me to believe, to kind of shoot down on what everybody's saying, like, oh, there's no proof there, they can't bring, pull up the, the paperwork, because what he said afterwards about the Israeli government told him, Ron was told by the government that he can't tell his story, and this is what I'm quoting here. But do not show any evidence until we can work out some way of presenting this without causing a bloodbath. Because if the Jewish people knew of this, they would blow up the mosque and try to and and at the top, at the Temple Mount start building a temple for the Ark. You know, and they they weren't ready. For I think that whenever he got the blood done, it was like uh, 1980. 283 or something you know i mean he also had it done One the the video i saw was from 1996 when he had somebody had the technology they brought a microscope to his house and he still had some in that film container. so it's pretty it's pretty interesting i can actually send you the link to that later on if you like to but they said they will start a great war between the muslim people and over their third holy site you know and then so what happened afterwards too is that they actually sent six men uh levitical guards that went to retrieve it but they all died. Like the, only Ron could go in there and get the bodies because they heard screams over the radio, and they were they were terrified. So Ron prayed and asked for God to forgive these men for what they were doing. That they didn't know that they're just you know following orders. And the Israelis they couldn't go and get the ark because the tunnel was like 370 feet long. They had a, you know they had bells tied to them just like they would whenever you go into the temple, the holy of holies back when they did have a temple. And so when they called Ron to retrieve the bodies, he brought all six of them out. And when they did the autopsy on it, they died. of They all died of
1: severe brain hemorrhage. Question. And anything that you had heard, you mentioned a few minutes back that Ryan Wyatt claims four angels were at the corners of the Ark of the Covenant. Right. Did he ever describe what these angels look like?
0: No, he didn't. Actually, he didn't say anything about like uh, he, he. OK, so there's times that he was taking pictures beforehand. Like he and I like there is video of him digging and seeing. And I've actually sent you that picture. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, I sent you a picture of the Ark one of the, that he took where it's got like a bunch of, of like um, it's got a bunch of worms yeah. in it. Yeah, I crazy. It. yeah. That, that was one apparently that he took whenever he was leaving because he never went back after that. Like he had already knew that everything was set. So um, he didn't describe them as much. He just he, the more thing that he described was this like the state of st- like the stasis state that he was in. He didn't speak unless he had something I had to say. He said that he touched the Ark. You know what I mean? I mean, me personally, I would have been like, can I touch this and not die? You know, like, I, I mean, that's, that's the only thing, but yeah, he didn't describe, he said there was two, two angels on each side and he did describe, uh, whenever he went in there, there was like, the wall was uh, 18 feet tall and 12 feet wide. And it was like a crystal, it was like pure crystal. He said he saw like rainbow colors and stuff like that. He was told that the, that the blood evidence, so by these angels, he they, they, they spoke to him and gave him, you know, gave him instruction. Then he was told that it'd be shown when the mark of the beast law would be enforced now, Ron believes that if you keep the law of the Ten Commandments that you have, and, and I'm not saying that this is, like, I'm, I'm just going off of what he was saying, because he was kind of claiming that the mark of the beast is going to be like if you don't hold God's commandments. So he's he's claiming that if you keep God's law, the Ten Commandments in your heart, that you have the seal of God, you know, and that, that that's what's, what the seal of God is, and that the seal of, it's where he said that the, the mark of the beast was going to be anybody that, because of these laws that are coming out, Apparently, these, man, these these man laws that he was talking about, that they would contradict what the Ten Commandments say. So basically, you'd have to deny the Ten Commandments, and then you'd be given a card that you would buy and sell with. Now, this is during the Q&A stuff. Now, this is back in the – this is 98 when he was talking about this. We have technology now that's kind of proving that cards are going to be obsolete soon, uh, the things that are converging right now. But I've, I've read something that was saying that the CBDCs that, that could be coming out would actually be a chip under hand. And that, but they pulled that statement because, you know, that kind of freaks a lot of people out. And it gets too much attention. Um I do have an article on it. That's, it was about two weeks ago that I actually saw that. And then he claims also, too, that um, he said that soon there will be a set of laws that made that laws that man made with good intentions and written on stones that that would make people think that it was the best thing to ever happen in the human race. And these laws would require you to break God's, God's Ten Commandments. And if you do that, you would receive the mark of the beast. Now, we know that in Revelations 13 that it says specifically you take a mark on your hand or your forehead. So I kind of feel like he might, I don't know, I I hate to say anything against it. But I mean, the word says that you take a mark on your hand. And and I feel like that might be
1: a physical thing. My my first thoughts, my first thoughts, if we consider the Georgia Guidestones, right? They were publicized stones that were written with new laws on it. And I think like 10 or 12 different languages that were mysteriously destroyed, which I, I remember hearing when this happened that they were blaming it on Christians. So that's just a thought I'm going to throw out there. The next thing, when we look at the book of Revelation, one of the interesting things about the word of God is there's 200 different formats of speech, And that's not like a cheap cop out for like, oh, we don't really know what this verse means that actually just the requirement is now to like study to show yourself well approved, right to be a Berean to really take the time and go through it. So Revelation 13, which season one of this podcast, I did an episode, uh, I had my phone at the time up in like next to the microphone, and I was playing Revelation 13 on audio. So I could have that in the episode talking about the mark of the beast that no man will be able to buy or sell. Lest he have the mark, and it goes on to talk about rich and poor, bond and free. Now, what's interesting is it says the right hand, and I'm just going to speculate here. Predominantly, people are right-handed. It seems to be like their powerful hand, your dominant hand. Is it possible that metaphorically, when Revelation 13 is talking about the chip being in the right hand, the the way that you make and take and build your power, and then if you think about it says in the forehead which we know that's where our brain is we have a pineal gland there you know we, we, this is a part of our design so it's just interesting speculating that it's always uh, in my opinion a little bit weirder than first glance it it's kind of always turns out to be like man this is deeper stranger and and weirder than, than I had ever previously imagined while re- researching into it. So I don't think it's as simple as just a little tiny chip made of polymer and, and I don't know, gold maybe or whatever metal to decide to use to transmit a signal. I, I think it's way creepier than that.
0: Oh, yeah. I think, I, do too. I think it's going to be tied in with, uh, you know, like as it says that men will seek death and, and not find it, you know, whenever Revelations is going through. I feel like there might be something that's more tempting too. Like you know, Satan used to tempt Eve to, to buy the fruit. I think he's going to try to to add um you know to, uh, that's something like I'm thinking like maybe like a oh man. You, you did a show last week. I heard uh, you put on about the Med Beds, right?
1: Yeah, that but was. I'm, I'm, I'm like thinking Enoch. the mark is
0: going to what's up? Yeah, Enoch. Yeah, and I I think that. And when I was listening to that, I was like, man, I mean, this is what people because you know the thing like for us simple minded. I, I feel like God made it so simple, being like, hey, if you can't buy and sell without this thing, then you know it's the mark. But I feel like there is more, just like you're saying, I feel like there's more to it, like a life extension or, you know what I'm saying, like living.
1: And I think it's simple, but it's multi-layered too, Paul. Like, I think that there's a hundred different rabbit trails that all lead to the stage of this declaration that Revelation 13 is depicting to us in the word of truth. And and I think there's many things that are going to build that platform. But it's just interesting to hear Ron Wyatt talk about Having the seal of God is to be keeping the word of God, right? And that if we don't keep the Ten Commandments, we're we're not going to qualify. You know, knowing that the word says if we break one commandment, we're guilty of breaking all of them. But then the blood of Jesus that covers, right? Revelation also talks about by the word of our testimony and the blood of the perfect lamb, we shall overcome It almost seems like Ron Wyatt was really talking to every person, not even just Christians. It seems like he was making these really generic declarations about things that it sounds like maybe he had experienced, unless this is like a super elaborate, well documented hoax, uh, which I seriously hope it's not. But how much of it is real is, is clearly fascinating, man. The power of the blood still operates today. Now, if Ron Wyatt was able to scrape some of that off, (laughs) <laughs> you know above the ark of the covenant and get it tested yeah. like that's that's just a wild thing to think about. I feel like that should be made into like a movie, like some crazy cool, you know. There is movie, a movie just about like yeah I mean, like,
0: they take but they take the blood off of the the shroud of Turin and that's another thing too. I thought I was like, "Oh, yeah." They yeah. claimed that there is no blood on the shroud, but I mean, I'm not sure if that you know, there's been a lot more scientific stuff, especially like the last 2 years. I mean, they see that through the the shroud of Turin that Jesus actually moved you know, the image had moved, like, for a split second when that image was cast on it. Apparently he had, you know, two coins, or, like, Roman coins over his eyes. And they did the testing on the Shroud, too, and they found the first century Jewish, or, I'm sorry, Israel, um, like, pollen and the things that would be there at that time. Because the Vatican had gotten rid of that thinking that it was a fake, that, you know, Da Vinci or something did that, you know, years ago, like, in...
1: Yeah, I remember seeing something on that. My grandfather, when he was alive years ago, used to watch watch some documentaries on that. And he had talked about there's like the, the coins had cast an image onto the shroud of Turin, which is made of flax linen. And they're able to zoom in and see this. Right. And and it, what, this is why I love what Dr. Michael Heiser did when he was alive. You know, he passed away a few months, months ago at this point. So the late Dr. Michael Heiser but. And I never got him on the show. I reached out to him and it was so close, but then he had um he had gotten sick and I just it just never worked out. But but long story short, with with Dr. Michael Heiser, he brings the set of the worldview that the ancient Israelites had. Because a lot of the times we look at the Bible and it's like we try to prescribe scriptures that are ancient to a modern day scenario, right? Like your Goliath is your boss at work who gives you a hard time and you can defeat your Goliath, right? And it's like, well, no, that's not really what's going on there. Sounds like a cool metaphor for like overcoming anything. Mm -hmm. What Mike Heiser did was he actually was trying to get the ancient Israelites worldview into your mind as you were reading the scripture, right? So this is an ancient document written by ancient people for every generation but there's like this understanding that they had like like why is the book of enoch quoted over three times in the new testament but yet nobody wants to read first enoch yes i know second and third enoch there's a lot of issues with that i I would never say that that's worth the read but first enoch definitely hands down is worth the read if Jesus was buried with coins over his eyes or if he wasn't, that's not a salvational issue for me. That's not a big deal. Like, a, But I would be fascinated to know either way. I don't know if there's a, a tangible way for me to actually find out if he had coins over his eyes or not, but it, yeah. like, if it did, it wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't be like, Oh my gosh, he was really from this Greek pantheon where, you know, no, I wouldn't. I'd just be like, well, yeah. I mean like that was culturally relevant at the time. Maybe somebody slipped some coins on his eyes. I don't know. I mean, they battered and bruised our Messiah. You know what I mean? I'm more interested in the fact that he rose from the grave. Now you found Ron, why it's like work, right? And, and you kind of do this deep dive. What are you feeling in your gut about everything that you're sharing with me tonight? Do you think that this is credible? Do you think that it still has some sifting to be, uh, to go through? Do you think it needs to be prayed over and really just kind of like thoroughly um, challenged? I think it's credible, and I have
0: some some scripture that i actually that I, I I've got so many notes. I'm sorry. At first, I was like, which one am I going to go through first? But I actually have it pulled up here. But uh, but to answer that question though, too, me personally, I something came to me a long time ago when I didn't even understand. Like I said, and when I when they were like, and I think I was probably at church and they were explaining, you know, the sprinkling the blood on the, the mercy seat, and something just spoke in my heart, being like, well, that means that Jesus' blood has to be on it to 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 seal that covenant, you know. And actually, uh, Psalm 89, uh, verse 34, says, My covenant I will not break, nor alter the words that has gone out of my lips. And uh, d- there's just like a lot of things in there, too. And, and there's something about water, too. You know, like the water coming down and rinsing. Like, the fact that it was written, that water came out of his side, too. Like, he, there was a lot of blood on him. You know, he was already bloody before he was nailed to the cross. You know what I mean? He had stripes and everything. Like, he was beaten pretty bad, and the other like that's not normal in crucifixion. He poured out his blood as a as a sin offering for us. And First John chapter five six through nine says that this this is he who came by water and by and by blood. Jesus Christ not only by water but by water and blood. First John eight like there are three that bear witness on earth: spirit, water, and blood. Ron said something about, on the slide, that, that, that represented the dry serum, dry platelets of Jesus Christ on the mercy seat as presented of the human mind through the Holy Spirit. And then 1 John also says, too, God the Father is the witness to the blood on the mercy seat presented by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts the heart. And God the Father will present the blood and the water on the earth through the Holy Spirit. So like that right there is kind of saying something to you that it almost sounds like John almost knew that the Ark of the Covenant was down there just by listening. Like when I read that again, I'm like, because you know what I mean. He's talking about the mercy and everything, and I know he's probably talking about you know just the sacrifice of sin, but it seems to me that there's something to it. You know, I mean, now as far as when he goes into when it's going to be, you know, shown to the world, that's 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 what's. Uh, I think hearsay, you know what I mean? That's the, the thing that we can kind of play with. Cause like one thing I thought about, like, you know, we hear right now that the, the Jews, the Jewish, the the Jews have a temple Institute. They have a spot picked out that is actually, they, they don't want, they don't have, they say they claim they don't have to build a third temple where the mosque is or on the, on the uh, Mount, but they can build it to where it's facing it. And they have five uh, Levitical priests that have never s- set foot on bedrock. They, they're training more p- priests too. Then, and then they have the, you know, everybody knows about, or most people know about the red heifers. They have five red heifers still. And we're about 13 months away from, if those red heifers are unblemished, they can be, they can do the ritual where they get the, the ashes for the purification to the priest to actually, they say that that's all that they ha- they need. And then it always, I, I'm always like, whenever I hear people even like interview them, or something I was like, ask them, ask them about the ark. Cause they have to have the ark sprinkle the blood on like, but nobody ever says anything. Now I know that they have, a menorah that they've redone, like cause there's plenty of replicas, and you can tell, like, in history that that there was replicas made of the ark, and so they would need all that furniture. And now, now I heard that they spent two million dollars in gold to do a menorah for this temple that they want to build. So it's like I'm trying to like think in my head: Do they have just a temp, like, a, they're going to use a replica arc or you know, or do they have the ark now? And you know, that and and that's and they're just not telling anybody because they they are obviously know from what they told Ron about not letting anybody know because it'll be a bloodbath that they know that if they pop this thing out, they better be ready to, to, to defend themselves, you know. And then know, all the stuff that's going on with Iran, I mean, they're getting ready, they're ready to do. I don't know if you're familiar with the I'm sorry, I don't want to go into much of the convergence of all the timelines that are going right now, but next month, September, it's around, it's during the feast, the Feast of Trumpets, I believe rosh Chana, that they are that there's a uh, un summit for the future that united states israel it's it's they they say it's to uh boost the progressions for the 2030 goals but it's going to actually require like a treaty it's a seven-year treaty because we're seven years from 2030 and it's a huge thing and people are th- are claiming that that whoever signs this treaty could be you know Consider the Antichrist because there's a treaty that's put set, but then also, or it could be set up the Antichrist. Like it, like this treaty would be a set, and when the Antichrist comes on the scene, he confirms the treaty. Um, the, but another thing too is that, and I don't know if you're familiar that a couple weeks ago, around uh, uh, Washington D.C., they had a pretty bad storm that they never they haven't had in several years. It's very, it came out of nowhere, and it was on a day where the the, the news broke out that. Israel, United States, and Saudi Arabia are trying to work on a on a peace deal or some kind of deal where I guess Israel would give up land to the Palestinians to use their airspace, Saudi Arabia so that way they can attack Iran before they they get nuclear weapons. And that kind of like that and like the thing that struck me, I mean it's a million things in my mind, but one thing is like, you know, they're not putting faith in God protecting them if they've got to give up land to attack somebody, you know? And that that could anger and yeah, that could anger God and you know, that could cause them problems. But also too, is that when they sign this, they, they, when they, if they sign, they do do some kind of agreement, they're giving up. Like basically, you know, Saudi owns a piece of them, Saudi Arabia, you know, and you can just go anywhere from there. But that that summit next, next month, it's a lot of people got a lot of buzz about it. And it it actually, there it leads to when it's like, it's like basically they're going to, they're going to meet to come up with the idea. And then apparently on 2024, and you can look this up, it's called the, It's a future. It's the summit of future pact. It's like basically saying that if there's a pandemic or anything like the next pandemic, that everybody would forfeit their sovereignty so that way the the WHO, World Health Organization, could step in and insert global laws to counter a pandemic again, referring to 2020.
1: And so it's all very interesting
0: because you know if they're going to build and you know if they're going to, it's just like the times we live in now. I mean, there's news every day. Go ahead, Ron. I called you Ron
1: like the wrong way. It's not Ron, Ron Wyatt, and all of yeah, it is Ron true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that. A, I knew and it was going to happen a, earlier. I was like, I'm going to end up
0: calling Rod Ron on accident.
1: One of the interesting things, the premises of this podcast in the beginning, and, and it still stands true, is in a day and age where there's a million messages and a million signals causing confusion and chaos, let's take this journey together in discovering ultimate truth really it's all important now what's true or what's not about what ron ron white encountered i don't know i i think it's fascinating and you know i would definitely was in agreement to be like yeah man i'd love to have you come on here and talk about this because there is a calling for us to be able to sift through information but there's so much of it (laughs) there's so much of it it is like being led by the spirit of god is is so important Um, And just having that nudging and tugging and, you know, it's the the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the duty of the princes to seek it out. And I just think I I just see that in you, Paul, like there's great exploits that you are being called to do. And it's just really awesome to see it. You're passionate even about Ron Wyatt's research and work. And you just diving into this like there's something more here. I think it was Dr. Chuck Missler and, and Dr. Mike Heiser said, I forget which one said, what quote particularly, but they might have both almost said the same thing in a weird way, which is differently. But if it's weird, it's important. You know, if it's strange, if like something's going, like you're reading through the scripture and there's just something, it's like, there's something more going on here. I just can't really piece it together. They say that that means it's super important. And you mm-hmm. brought up some verses tonight where I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's super r- provocative, man. Like I, I wish I really knew the answers to some of this stuff, but it keeps us diving into the word of God. It keeps us just charged up with like, there's so many great mysteries and just uh, deep truths yet that we're still trying to figure out. And I believe we'll know all of them at his coming. And well, actually, yeah, I mean, we're, we've we're got we're something our positive.
0: too. It's funny you say that, right? Right. Whenever I had yeah. So that's exactly what I was thinking. And sorry, pardon me. I want, I want to pull the scripture up before I forget here. It's a uh, first Timothy two five. Right? So for he is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. And that was one thing that, that Ron uh, stressed a lot too, that it's in God's time. You know what I mean? And that's why I think that. I didn't want to discredit him by him saying like, Oh, well, you know, in a couple of months, we'll see this stuff. Cause maybe he thought in 2000, all these things were going to come, come to pass, you know, and that he'd actually get to see it. And that's why, I mean, I, and, and, and anybody can say that too. Cause I, I always get tired of people being like, Oh, well, you know, hundred years ago when, uh, every millennia, someone says that this is the end times. Well, you know what? We have Jerusalem in Jerusalem. We have, we have Israel. The Jews are in Jerusalem for 75 years right now. You know, and, Psalms ninety eighteen talks about how generations, uh, you know, 70 years, 80 is strong. So, I mean, we, we, there's, I feel like there's going to be a lot of things coming down the pike in five years, at least maybe not. I think it's going to be a lot sooner than that because I, just the magnitude of like, whenever he was talking about how the government was like made sure and that, and this is a lot of the reasons why he, people have asked him, you know, where's this, this spot at? He won't tell people because he doesn't want people to go in there and start trying to find it. Hey, kill themselves. The thing is that you know God put it on his heart like He's got a plan. Obviously, there's a videotape. I don't know if it's a beta tape or what. <laughs> good luck trying to find a VCR to play it on. Right? <laughs> uh, so that's on this part. That's on this ledge with these, you know, with the Ten Commandments that He's waiting, that that Ron Wyatt's waiting for someone to discover that he that He's already made. You know, and that. And I started thinking about it's like you know what, like it would be amazing that they probably build. What if they build this temple? You know what I mean? And have all these this replica uh, furniture, and then all of a sudden. Harpozzo comes, and we know that there's an earthquake whenever we're, t- we're taken. You know what I'm saying? We're, the, the heavens and the earth will shake, and they'll know that it's God. And I'm like, what if this earthquake reveals this ark right at that time? You know what I mean? To like let let the Jews in le- the land know, because you know the idea is that oh, they're going to come out and say it's a an alien invasion. That's where a lot of Christians come with the you know the disclosure of alien stuff that happened. On the 9th of Ob, actually, in J- July 26th, that just that just
1: passed.
0: Um, there's just a very lot of things that are lining up with, with God's timeline, you
1: know? All right, now, I've heard a couple different aspects on, like, the Jews occupying the land and the timelines. And I, I don't really prescribe to one or the other. I mean, that could go two different ways. That could, it could turn into a very long, multi-episode uh, <laughs> series. Yeah, no, we can go, go through it. Like, my mind actually went there, too, with the
0: Rothschilds. Doing, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Right, yeah,
1: but, but what's really important, though, is like when Jesus is with his disciples and the disciples say to him, tell us again at your second coming. And he says, verily uh, thrice. Right. He's like pretty much modern day terms. He's like, dude, this is important. Make sure you're listening clearly. Do not be deceived. And it's like, hmm. So th- there's this layer of of deception in these last days right there's all of this stuff going on it's really hard to pinpoint where the 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 seriousness of of god's um word is in our life and and not letting the seeds that are planted getting robbed by the bird or just making sure we have good soil right and it's like this deception is everywhere right now and it's, it's interesting because another peculiar thing about the day and age that we live in that's unlike any other time in history, because personally, Paul, I believe the Bible speaks more to this generation right now than it does to any other specific generation. Um, And we see all of these things happening simultaneously, right? Earthquakes, famine, pestilence, wars, rumors of wars, just unbelievable. It's all happening at one time. If we look back through history, we can see there was like the black plague and that that's this age of sickness. Right. And then you can go back and like learn about these great war, the civil war errors or go back to the dark ages and whatever. King Henry's fighting against this guy or this kingdom or whatever that history always shows us there's these climactical points where the relevancy of history and the impact was like a sickness, a season of it, right. Or, or war or devastating weather. But right now uh, today is eight twelve. 2023 all of this is happening simultaneously all at the same time and on top of that we have technology yeah <laughs> we got technology running rampant we got ai robots causing different information psyops probably more than some people themselves i mean if i feel like programmers at this point just program these ai robots to do the trouble that they do and they're probably sitting back probably drinking a starbucks i don't freaking know man but yeah. What it really boils down to is like, I want to say this to you and to the audience and a reminder for myself, we, we, we can't be deceived. And the word of God has truth, man, it's got all these answers in it. And Paul, I see that passion in you bringing up script, you you know, bringing up scriptures on this episode and your willingness to just come and kick it with me for an hour and be like, Hey, this is stuff that's on my heart because it's going to reach somebody else, Paul. Somebody else out there is listening somewhere around the world and they're going to be like, yeah, I've been interested in that. And maybe it's going to cause them to pray about it and take a deeper dive. Maybe they can help somebody steer away from deception on this topic. Maybe God will use them to bring clarity. I don't know. But God's word never returns void. And he is calling people now, today, this hour, for us to walk, to be faithful, to come forward, to testify, to love each other and take time to to talk about things, communicate, be like it says, bearing each other's burdens is so fulfilling the law. This is, I wouldn't consider what me and you were doing, bearing each other's burdens, but I think it's a really good start. Getting to know each other, talking about relevant topics, helping each other through sharpening each other, just on ideas, exchanging information. Super important. Do a real quick recap and then close this out, man. What would you say to the millennial generation? If this is the last time you ever get in front of an audience, two part question. So.
0: I have this no problem. I think that, uh, you know, like this is one of many things that are trying to get like God is so good and gracious and patient with us. You know, what I mean, like, I don't know how much more proof you need than I mean, there's you know, you can just you don't have to choose one headline, There's several. I mean, in the fact, everybody experienced COVID-19 and I was asleep then. You know, I, I I was I was working at a place that they're pushing me to get this vaccine and I'm sitting here sweating it. I was trying to come off all these meds. So that way, if I did take it, it damaged my heart. And I got, I'm getting Omicron, like, weeks before. I'm glad I, one of the things, I'm a procrastinator. That's the best, that's, like, the best thing that ever happened to me. I felt like God was letting me procrastinate because, like, there was just something inside of me. And I'm not, and I'm not speaking against anybody got the vaccine. I'm talking about me personally, my health, and my own special, like, my own things, you know. Like, because I, like I said, for 15 years, I've been trying to seek to get the Holy Spirit back in me. And so I'm sitting here, like, going down wrong roads, you know what I mean? Thinking that i'm still going to be okay because you know I, I i know that i you know was baptized or just the religious stuff, you know so when i got omicron though that's like the beginning of 2022 and then they they stopped press, pressuring me and stuff and then that's whenever i started diving deep i'm like what you know because it was just rna what is that you know and that's when i started looking for truth you know instead of just letting someone tell me hey we gotta, we gotta take this vaccine because there's this you know disease out there that's killing less than one percent of everybody you know what i mean and And it's that, that's that part of like, and I'm not, again, like I said, I'm not, I don't want any, I don't want to fear monger anybody. I don't want to strike any fear into anybody that's gotten the vaccine. I've heard people like question if they've lost their faith or something. And I highly doubt that. I don't think that's at all because I know a lot of people that do have the vaccine that are full of the Holy spirit and going around doing great godly things. Plus I've known people that have taken it so that way they can go into the elder homes and still preach to those people. So I don't feel like it's some kind of a mark of the beast or anything like that but i mean just the fact that all these things are converging now you've got aliens i mean our government is talking about aliens and it's not even in the news you hear more about hunter biden's hunter biden laptop is being used to cover up what the congress is telling us about these you know non biological entities and you know what what's coming down the pike for us because they want to keep us asleep but nobody's like looking for truth you know and then you see i mean if you can't see that we're on the verge of world war 3 and i don't i'm not I'm not Republican. I'm not Democrat. I'm I'm Kingdom. I'm I'm a monarch. I have a king. I don't have a president. So I don't care like who who you vote for, Biden. But there's nobody. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. You know what I mean? There's nobody that's going to like. If you think that Trump's going to come in and save you, I'm not bashing Trump or nothing. I mean, you know, I love I love for him to step back in and maybe we can get another four years of trying to get everybody in the boat before Arpazo comes. But we're on the, the and just like the fact and people aren't even looking how close Israel if Israel strikes Iran we 're all being sucked in the Middle East Russia's gonna jump to save to help Iran because I feel like they're, they're going through Ukraine to get to to the Middle East to get to Europe you know what I mean they're, they're lined up right now outside of Poland if they if they cross I feel like they're doing that because they're getting ready for when they do do something if they if that nobody invades Russia you know and we, they we're, we're they' ukrainians are fighting the Russians with our ammo you know what I mean our military stuff like we're giving them the rocks to throw at them. Like They're just building up stuff for us to, to, to come after us. Then you got China and Taiwan. Uh, we Africa's a mess right now, and we're sending troops down there. We just sent 3,000 uh, naval vessels into the Iranian sea. I don't know if anybody knows this, but gas prices went up last week, and that's because Iranians are hijacking our oil tankers. You know what I mean? Like World War Three could happen any day right now, and nobody's ready for it.
1: It's already here.
0: It, it is. And it's you know, already here. Is, that's why I, I, and you can get scared about it that you can also just put your faith in Christ and know that he's in charge of everything. Even if I, was like, if I see missiles coming from the sky, I'm not going to even, I, I mean, granted, I say that, I guess, that's my problem. I get so full of the Spirit that I'm like, I'm not afraid of anything. That kind of knocked me off, which I won't go down that rabbit hole. But it's just that we have to cling to our faith before we cling to uh, going buying bread and buying solar stuff and buying guns and weapons. Because you're not going to be able to fight off the Chinese army. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to have enough food to last you for however, however long. You know, God, you man lives off bread alone. Not, I'm sorry, man doesn't live off bread alone, but lives off of every word of God, and that is the first passage that I read, Luke chapter four. Whenever I started reading the Bible, like that was the one that struck me. You know what I mean? Like that was the one thing I was like, "Whoa, this is amazing!" And I was just blown away, and I I hold that every day because you know what I mean. Like it's there. There's so many things you can do to prepare, but you, you, instead of preparing the physical, you got to prepare your spirit. You got to be ready because. Things are going to change. And then if you get struck with fear, I mean, Laura Sanger, like, we know that fear is not is not our friend. You know what I mean? Like, we're not to fear anything. As a matter of fact, God, Jesus didn't tell us, hey, make sure you have bread and silver and gold in the, in the latter days. He didn't say anything. He said, let no man deceive you and fear not. And I, I guess if I'm going uh, to, to leave everything with everybody, I don't know what's going to come down the pike the next few months. We're on to election year. Be ready. But be ready in the spirit, not ready in the physical.
1: Revelation 7, verse 15. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat for the lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all tears from the eyes. Paul, Amen. it was a pleasure to have you here on the podcast, man. I've really enjoyed taking this time to, to hear, you know, your passion, the, the research, you know, kind of just where God is setting you up to be aware you're a watchman on the wall. Really? I mean, you're watching and you're, you're processing information and, you know, I really do pray that God will continue to use you and train you up in the perfection that we're called to in Christ Jesus. And I'm just going to ask for the prayer request right now from you and the listeners. You guys keep me in prayer. It's been spiritual warfare like crazy. It's, it's strange times. We all we all need to be praying for each other. We're all going through this. Nobody's exempt. But, man, I want to thank you for reaching out to me and uh, for being a friend. Listening to the show, it really means a lot, man. I appreciate. Oh no, that. man! You don't understand how much you've actually helped me, man. Like
0: that's when I talked to you the other day. I, I gave you my testimony, When I got the phone. I like I had a breakthrough. You know, like some kind of wall just broke down. Maybe because I haven't spoke uh, deep parts of my testimony before, and uh, it's just amazing, man. And one thing I just want to I just want to give you a little credit for, Rod, is that 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 sets you apart from other people is that you you yoke your emotions with other people. You know, what I mean, I've heard you talk to people and they get emotional. And they're like apologizing to you for getting emotional, and you're right there with them. You're like, no, I'm 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 just listening. To you, you're soaking it up, and I mean that's that's true brethren right there, man. And I, I got love for you. I, I I could text you and talk to you every day, but I know you're a busy guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm no Gary Wayne. And that guy is like amazing encyclopedia, you know. But it's just uh, it's just I'm I'm, I'm very pleasured to even be able to speak to you about this stuff and get this stuff off my chest because I don't have anybody that wants to talk about any of this stuff, you know. And um, I just, I'm very grateful. Thank you. Um, you know, your your ministry here is blessed, your your journey and everything. I could see that coming through. You're a good guy. And I I, I, I wish the best for you. Man.
1: man, thank you for those kind words. That's humbling. And you are an ambassador for the kingdom of the eternal God. You're a brother in Christ. And I'm thankful
0: thank you. for you. Yeah, man, I, I thank you because like, this is a breakthrough to me. But I, Also too, I just like, I feel like, Oh, man, it's just so humbling, man. You know what I mean? Like I, I remember just real quick. I remember Ron talking about how he wasn't worthy to do that and to, to you know, find the things he does and he gets emotional. And I get shy down. I'm like, man, there's no way I can do this. I'm no, you know, Gary Wayne or nothing like that. I'm no Dan Duvall, but I'm just like, it's just so humbling to be able to, to be able to talk to the voices that I hear that the, the, the shows that I listen to every week. And, and it's like, wow, man, it's, and you you are opening it up and allowing people to come in. I mean, that's, that's just great. man. Can't stand up work, word. But
1: thank you. It's interesting because God's not a respecter of men, right? He doesn't care how much we know. He, he cares about the condition of our heart. And the closer we get with God, that's, that's kind of how we become like, don't get me wrong. I love when I get to connect with the heavy hitters because they're able to connect dots and help me in the audience, take a journey to discovering some of the deeper truths of God's word and what's going on today. But it's the Holy Spirit that's attractive. And, and that that's in babes. I've heard, I, literally, my own daughter. Bro, my own daughter had the Holy Spirit speak through her. <laughs> and I'm like, that's what I love. Like, if we got the Spirit, if we're an ambassador for the kingdom, if we are in Christ, we are a functioning member of his body. I love you. I want to talk to you. I don't have enough time to talk the whole day to everybody, but I want to hear from you guys. No, (laughs) there's (laughs) somebody else out there. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I want to hear from the listeners. I want you guys to know you guys are important. You have value, Paul. You got value. Don't ever let the enemy make you think that what you have to say isn't important. And if you keep trusting God and you keep going in what your calling is, bro, you're going to run circles around anybody who ever doubted you because God will take the simple things to confound the wise. God will lift up things, because I've even prophesied this um, in general terms that the the tables are getting flipped here. God is gonna start taking the nobodies and making them somebodies for his name's sake, because they're not gonna be afraid to glorify his name in front of everybody. He's looking for the people that are willing to enter into that place, that they're unashamed of his name. They're unashamed of his word. They're willing to stand on the rock and call out to the Ruach Khakwadesh with no faint in sight because those who wait on the Lord, they're not gonna faint. We're gonna get lifted back up again. We're under the wing of the Most High. And brother, you're included in that. So you're important. Thank you. I know this one was edifying for you guys. I'm gonna ask that you would share this with a friend, family member, share it with a coworker. This is kingdom work here. I wanna hear from more of the listeners. I want you guys to reach out to me Obviously, check the show notes, you guys. You'll be able to see my email addresses on there. Thank you. And that's it. That's the show, everybody. So, God bless and goodbye.